I hate you anyway, though. <laughs> and welcome to episode 74 of Ripping the Rock podcast. And that's how you start a friggin' show, folks. That's yeah. right, baby. You talk shit about the socks. I hate your face. Look at that I stupid hat you. he's got. I hate you. That's, too. I hate that's, you. How, that's how you start a show. That's a stupid hat. Folks, uh-huh. welcome to the longest running weekly episodic podcast about Candlepin Bowling on the interwebs today. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tim. Yes, I am rocking my Red Sox paraphernalia. Go Sox. Game four, big one. Big moment uh, as we're recording this podcast big, right big now. There's a lot going on. We don't don't pay any mind to the guy over there on the other side. Pay no mind to that. Uh, you will, no baby. Folks that are fans of the show, the, the three fans we have, it used to be five, but two of them joined the show. So we, uh, so I can't uh, count you guys as fans anymore. Uh, yeah, so we don't count that way anymore. Yeah. So no. we're, we're down to three. Um, we are missing a man tonight. Uh, Mr. Athern is on his golf vacation. He is down in Atlantic City golfing it up. Uh, enjoying life, having a good time. We hope he has a blast. Uh, so, we're riding the tricycle tonight. The tricycle. The tricycle. Well, so back you got to the triforce. We're back You've, to the tri tri hard triforce. The tri hard triforce. That's uh, it. We've, we've got uh, the mass hole himself, Maki. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, boys. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Yeah. Hey, Watching yeah. baseball. Big night around these pots. Big night. And yes. we've got the king of the north, Mr. Calvin Locke, wearing his San Francisco Giants hat, which I look, I'm okay. I don't, I don't, I don't well, hate sure as hell can't, He sure and, as hell can't wear a Blue Jays hat right now. And, so he might as well pick but, somebody else that's going to get eliminated. Anybody but the Dodgers, I'm okay with. Fuck. God damn it. What, what so are we paying you for? What game are you watching? I'm watching the Giants game. Oh, okay. I didn't, oh, uh, it is now 5 5. Ah, damn it. Damn it, Shut Brazier. up, Calvin. Ah, good job, Red Sox. What? Calvin, I hate you. Uh, for those who, for those that would like to know why we hate Calvin, about an hour ago when the Sox were rolling, uh, Calvin posted, congratulations, Red Sox, uh, on your ALCS uh, trip to the ALCS. And I knew right then, and I commented to tell him to stop it. Uh, <laughs> you suck. Just, just. Just look at it. What a wang. Just look at I mean, you post something like that. Just oh look at him. Will you? Will you? Will you just look at him? Look at this. Wiener. Yes, you're right. W for Wiener. At a boy. Yeah. I, I, words, 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 and more words are coming out of me that I can't say. Oh my God! There's still no outs. Oh goodness. So anyway, how's bowling? How was bowling this weekend? You guys had like 12 tournaments going on. I couldn't watch each live feed at once. (laughs) So, so in speaking with that, I actually had a message from somebody, which I thought was really interesting. So when you guys go live, you essentially use like your phones and stuff like that, right? Like some people probably have laptops. Some Some, guys like iPads or things like that. Right. So. An interesting thing, and I granted, I know nobody can go out and like say if you can't buy an iPad, you don't buy an iPad, but whatever. But I thought it was something interesting that you could do a Zoom meeting and you could broadcast every match that's going on in the Zoom meeting, and people just have to go log into the call 
and they can watch every match that's going on. Interesting. Right? That's an I know. interesting I, con. The only thing with that is is and I don't know if Zoom has changed. It used to be a max of 45 minutes unless you paid for the unlimited. That's very true. Yeah, there's only so much time that you get on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was but for the longest time they had a Zoom, the company had suspended the 45 minute time frame and everything was unlimited due to the pandemic and you know stay at home and quarantining and all this so they had you know they had done that i i i don't know the that's interesting though cal <laughs> that yeah. is actually very interesting i'm sitting here thinking about right? it you could just pick and choose whichever match you yeah feel like watching that's that's not bad. or you could watch them all at once because everybody's on the same zoom meeting yeah or you just Another I don't know how to, you would if, pick and choose. I don't know enough about Zoom to to know how to set up. It, it would kind of be like a Skype call, right? Like we all log in, but the person who logs in uses their video and is on. So say, for example, the three of us. So you're you're in Maine. So you're in Bangor and you have a match. Well, you're logged into yours. Marky, you're your bowling alley and you're you have a match going on. But your videos are pointed at the lanes. And I'm just going to sit here and watch you guys stream the bowling matches. I think you'd have a hard time with that because I think there'd be too much audio overlapping because it doesn't zoom. Well, no, you, you'd mute it. You'd, you'd mute, mute it. Yeah, yeah but mute doesn't zoom show you whichever person is talking and whichever thing at, at that moment in time? Yeah. or is? Because I, I, I'm not a fan of zoom. Like, I've tried to use it, and I'm not a huge fan of it whatsoever. Uh-oh. Um, don't uh-oh me. Not oh, sorry. They showed no. a replay. I wasn't they watching. They showed the replay. Re- Frank, Frank yeah. goes up. Don't do that account. to a fan like me. Oh, my God. Sorry. Whitlock uh, pitching right now. So, uh, or I'm trying to th- you, could, you could share your screen, which would have the multiple video feeds. Right. You could have And then everyone is, that. and then whoever's on the, sh- on the call shows up at like the bottom of the screen, just a little thumbnail of whoever is on it. Well, there's also an even easier way of doing that is see if everybody who streamed matches streamed them in the same Facebook page where we all go and watch them, that would be easier as well. Instead of one on one guy's name and then on this other person's name and then one in Candlepin chat and two or three. If everybody just streamed on the Friday Night Pro League page. Well, yeah, but more people this this. 2000 i think there's like 2000 plus people on the candlepin chat page i'd just stream it to that and, or yeah. even if you streamed it in candlepin chat if everybody yeah. just streamed if there was six matches every friday night because there's 12 teams so there's six matches if they were all being streamed in that one facebook page then but because see, that's, I, the, but the, see, that's the thing if you're if you're doing it on a facebook page you have to pick which one you want to watch whereas on a zoom meeting you see all or of them. You see well, all of them because everybody's streaming on you, their certain can computer. Can you watch all of them at once? Can you watch? Six if you were, if you were sharing a screen, so for well, example, let me. Well, yeah, just Marky, just think of it as like a Skype call. Like right now, I can see you and Tim, right? Yeah. Right now, you can see Tim and me. So if we're thinking of a Skype call, just think that Tim is streaming a match in Bangor. You're streaming a match at your lanes, and I'm streaming a match at my lanes. You can see every match that is going on right now. So but you can't pick and choose 
which one you want enlarged. No, right. but you can at least watch every one of them. So I thought it was I thought it was a neat concept. It it's you definitely know what, something interesting to think about. It really is. You know is. what would be even a cooler concept is a web page, a ripping the rack podcast web page where people could stream to that page. So they just go to ripping the rack and you can choose which one you want to watch. Well, I know, but that's just like anything, right? That's just no. like anybody's Facebook. You can go yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, but then Facebook they're coming to our fine. page. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> However, the concept around it is the fact that they can watch each match. It's like it's like going to Buffalo picking. Wild Wings and and seeing thirty two TVs with different games and matches and whatnot. It's the same concept, only right. you're watching yeah. it on your on your laptop or yeah. on your TV if you get it on if you can put Zoom on your TV, right? Yeah. So True. it's essentially the same thing. You just get four different broadcasts. You just can't, you just don't have to pick and choose. True. Interesting concept. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Um, because I, I do, I, I do spend a lot of my Friday evenings um, watching uh, some of the streams. Yeah. I mean, I may not watch the whole match. I may, but I do check out kind of what's going on. You know, watch for you know ten fifteen minutes, move on to another match. You know that type right. of stuff. Uh, exactly. I, it would have been interesting. I this past weekend or this past Friday, you had, uh, you know, uh, Union Street and Woober. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That would have been, that would have been interesting to watch. Uh, right. You know, but no one there streamed it. Yeah. Exactly. So. so. Um. So anyway, yeah, Caleb Pimbolan. I well, just think I mean, it's some, it's some interesting ways of of promoting the game unorthodox stuff right. because we don't have, you know, Nesson doesn't have Big Shot Bowling anymore. Channel Five doesn't have their TV show anymore. You know, there there is no. It's up to us to promote yeah. this game for ourselves at this moment. Like we're kind yeah, exactly. of on our own. We yeah. are completely on our own. Yeah. And it's good to have people who have different ideas, like the TV taping that happened this weekend and yep. the Outrun the Bear stuff that you can, and like they're getting, you know, 90 people every tournament now. Like it's, it's great. So you just keep promoting. We got to find ways to the make only, it watchable. The only thing with going live on Facebook, um, like we used to do it on Thursday nights at Oakland Park. Um, just a little leak. Um, yeah. I would go live every once in a while, but invariably we'd get shut down because we'd have the jukebox going. The background music. The yeah. background music, and and Facebook would flag it. So yeah, right. really, what we got to do is we'd have to go live on, like for us, we could go live on our YouTube page, and then put the link on Facebook for people to see. Even yeah. YouTube would sh YouTube would shut it down too. Would they? Yes. Yes, I've run into that same problem of having copyrighted music on YouTube and things like that. And they either shut it down or they if you're like if you're in a regular like YouTube video, you have to remove the sound from whatever area was claimed of sound that was copyright, like jukebox music. If you're live, they'll stop it in the <laughs> middle of your stream. Same yeah. thing like Facebook yeah. does. That I, I don't know that just. 
boggles my mind. It really I mean, does. It, it's it's not like you're making money off of the stream. You know what I mean? But no. I think what it is is that the people aren't making money off of their music being broadcasted. But the fact but is... They were like, making money off the jukebox that's playing that, it. Correct. Yeah. I have a jukebox here that a guy comes and cashes out in there before we even have a split of his cut and my cut. Yep. There's a cut off the top immediately for the licensing of all of the music and the royalties that have to be paid from the company itself. I think it's called Touchstones. Yeah. Back to yeah. the actual artist. Yes, yeah. and that's yeah. what Jason. That's what Jason has. Is that touch tunes? I love which it. is cool, which is great. Yeah. It's it's massive amount of digital music. I mean, it's yeah, just absolutely. It's, if it's on the internet, it's there. You can yeah. find. It doesn't matter. So there's got to be a way though. With we'll still because you want sound, obviously. Yeah. It's part of the bowling thing is to listen to everyone else. Well, yes and no, because, I mean, the sound of it, you, you're still asking, like, oh, what's the score and what's this and that. I mean, if you're if you're broadcasted live, like, um, what's-his-face was for the money match. Oh, Bob Lee. Bob Lee, and he's doing commentary, then, yes. Oh, that was, Ch- yeah, well. Yeah, but we and- never get commentary on our Friday exactly. night matches. Right. It's always just the yeah. camera that's sitting there. But, like, oh. some of the sound, the sound adds to the environment, to the yes. ambiance of the situation. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a really hard time watching, like, videos that have absolutely no sound. You know, I, I need that sound to keep me engaged in it, especially if I'm watching a bowling match. I don't care where the place is. I would definitely rather hear the sounds, hear the guys talking, you know, just hearing those sounds. It just adds to the video. You know, I guess that's where I, the I, jukebox music is a pain in the ass to like be yeah. streaming and then have it just be shut down real fast. I guess I'm different because I watch TV while I watch bowling. So I'd have the TV on. That would be my noise. And I mute everybody and just watch the bowling. I just have, I haven't I usually have the TV on. And, you know, if I'm streaming on a Friday night, I'm still listening. There's still the sound of the pins and yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just I I just wish there were, were a way to promote this game in a in a manner of which you didn't have to worry about a live feed getting shut down because the damn jukebox is playing in the background right well that goes back to what you said before if you had your own website your own personal website because that's going by facebook and youtube's rules of things like that if you had your own you could stream it on there and it's not like it's being broadcast by like a Facebook or a YouTube live situation. Yeah. You just have because you're you're streaming the match, but technically you're streaming it to Facebook. Facebook is then promoting it to other people. So yeah. there's that middleman involved. If you just had it streamed on your own website, you know, if there was a dedicated Friday Night Pro League website that could, you know, stream video from other live video streams then we might be in business with something like that. But having Facebook or YouTube be a middleman in the situation kind of makes it difficult. Yeah. yeah. I think that's all it is here. Yeah, okay. That makes, I mean, I mean maybe, maybe I'm not, not going to say it may, I'm not going to say it makes sense, but it, it's understandable. Yeah. Worth a shot anyway. Yeah. Um, couple tournaments. Uh, I've got some stats from the uh, main state open doubles tournament this weekend. That was held in Augusta this past weekend. Cool. Uh, I've got the Friday night stats, uh, so we can talk a little bit. I do want to let people know, tonight was supposed to be our foray into 
our own personal power rankings. We were going to do yeah. it the first the first one of October. With Brian being gone, I wanted to delay that a week. Uh, so all four of us could have a chance to go, here's my personal power ranking type thing. Yeah. So uh, we'll do that next week, folks. For those of you that were wondering, uh, we'll, we'll do that next week. Um, Sounds good. Yep. So uh, main stake doubles. Uh, let's see. I will share my screen so we can... We can see it. Can you guys see that? Yes, we can. Yes, okay. I can. Looks good. Well, let's jump over into the women's uh, women's handicap portion. Okay. Um, we had uh, two folks from All Play Belfast winning. You might want to. You might want to just zoom a little. It's oh, a yes. little blurry. Not crazy blurry, uh, but blurry, blurry. Show up in your view. Is that better? Yeah. Significantly. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. It looks good. All right. So uh, we have, uh, I don't know if these are unofficial official or if they're official official. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. We need an official to decide it. We need yeah. an official to decide if these are unofficial official or official official. So for right now, we're going to say <laughs> these are unofficial official. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, let's go with uh, that. Winning, unofficially winning, the official women's average <laughs> plus handicap. Uh, yeah, you Evelyn, lost yeah, yeah, Evelyn you Kitchen lost and Laura Weber from All Play Belfast. Uh, total with handicap of twenty eight forty six. Second place, Michelle Ward and Aaron Merrill. They're uh, out of Stars and Strikes. 2788. Third, Tony Allen and Lori Hochstetter out of uh, Newport. 2719. Four, uh, four, well, I'm just going to do top five. Uh, fourth would be Crystal Provincial and Nancy Vigu. 2715. And rounding out the top five, uh, Tiffany Gothier and Kat Alterizzo. Alter uh, I thought it was Alterizzo. I don't know. Alterizzo. Um, 2703. So. Congratulations. Uh, looked to be some pretty solid bowling. Yeah, there's more than a few people that went over 100 over their average in this tournament, in this 10 string. Erin so, Merrill so I, went nuts. Laurie Hochstetter went way over. Uh, Evelyn Kitchen came in with a 71. At, well, you got to remember, uh, here's, the, here's the only thing. Now, this is their state average. Um, this, is not their, this is not their house average. Okay, so this is the, the state official state average for the state yep. of Maine. Yeah. Um, the only problem I have with using that average is your bowling in what's considered a faster house at one seven ten, right? Versus a Westport or a Big Twenty or you know something like that that's a little tougher, standard, standardly tougher. Uh, but Evelyn Kitchen again, she was almost two hundred pins above her average. Great yes. day. Laura Weber was a hundred pins above. Uh, Michelle Ward was just about 100. Aaron Merrill was over 100. I mean, there's some really solid bowling. 130 uh, for Aaron. What was that? Yeah, 130. That's almost 130 over for Aaron. Yeah. 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 Some big numbers over here. There's some really good. Again, there's some really good bowling. Um, we got uh, 
uh, on the women's open. So this would be uh, the, for those of you that don't understand the state of Maine has uh, two distinct divisions. You have your open tournament, which is scratch bowling, and then you have your APH, which is average plus handicap. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you used to be able to win both. Uh, they changed that rule a couple of years ago. You can't even cash in both. You can only cash in one. Okay. Yeah. So, and I say that because you got Aaron and Michelle coming in second in the APH, but in the opens. And let me just increase that. You see it? Yeah. Good. Yep. Uh, you've got Aaron and Michelle winning. Okay. So, congratulations to uh, Aaron. That is uh, what two weekends in a row that she's won. So can I ask you a quick question? So the sure. same score, the scores that were bowled once count twice. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so coming in second, Kelsey Layton and Shannon Scribner from Big Twenty at twenty-two twenty-six. Coming in third out of one seven ten would be Vanessa Huff and Christy Hapworth at twenty-one ninety-two. Oh, uh, what a throw by Kiermeyer! Oh. oh, hold on. Oh. Oh my God! Oh, that was sick. That's a great. That's a great throw. Uh, coming in fourth was Nancy Vigue, Crystal Provincial from Augusta, twenty-one twenty-five, and coming in fifth, rounding up the top five would be Cassidy McClendon and Renee Skinner of Stars and Strikes, coming in at twenty eighty-six. Um, again, some really good bowling. Uh, had some new folks in this, which is good to see. Absolutely. So, you know, solid showing all the way around. Again, uh, congratulations to uh, Laura Weber and Evelyn Kitchen on their handicap, uh, their their average plus handicap win. And again, congratulations to Michelle and Aaron on their state uh, scratch open championship, doubles championship. Yeah. On the men's side. Let's uh, we'll start again with the average plus. Well, let's go the other way. There we go. Yeah, the other way. There we go. Beauty. We have uh, unofficially official. Uh, <laughs> we have. An, oh, the, the, I just noticed the winners uh, happen to be from All Play Belfast, just like the women. Okay. We have Rick Pomeroy and Paul Dyer coming in at 2851. Uh, we have uh, Russ Neely, Mike Jakes coming in at 2840. Uh, from Stars and Strikes, we got Jerry LaPierre and Sean Doran from Big 20 coming in at 2811. Al Stimp, I think they spelled his name wrong. I think it's Stimpson. And Sean Slocum from, uh, I'm assuming WP is Westport. Westport. Yeah. Uh, at 2789. And then coming in fifth would be Cliff Walker, Cliff, uh, Chris Merrill from Stars and Strikes at 2769. Um Again, looking at some looking at some of these scores, there were some really good scores. Uh, Mike Jakes with a huge 200 pins above his average, almost. That's insane. Um, yeah, Mike's a good bowler. Uh, yeah, he, he is. He's got a 111 state average. I, I, I've always considered him, you know, somewhere between 115 and 120, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes a little more, but you know, uh, solid bowling. I mean, the kid yeah. finished 431 in the last three strings of a 10-string. Oh, yeah. Off the guy. Like, that's yeah, fantastic right? finish. Yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. 74, and, 40, and 17. That's how yeah, you finish yeah. a tournament. He had a fantastic finish. Uh, 
so again, t- congratulations to uh, Paul and Rick. Uh, some really good bowling there again. On the men's open side of things, uh, we have. Go the other way. <laughs> You'll get it. You'll get it. Uh, we have uh, Cliff Walker and Chris Merrill. Unofficially official, your 2021 Main State Open doubles champions. Um, 2549. Uh, oh, laundry. Andrew. Yo, Andrew. Uh, Get the laundry. Russ Neely, Mike Jakes coming in second. <laughs> 2490. Matt Huff, Mark Carrier from Augusta coming in at 2432. Uh, Will Damon, Jeff LaPierre coming in fourth, 24.04. And Brian Purdy, Jason Gauthier, senior at 23.66, rounding out the top five. Um, again, you had some solid, there's some solid bowling here. You had several 1300s. Uh, Mark Carrier, 13.22. Mike Jakes, 13.08. Chris Merrill, 13.16. Uh, what do we got down? Mark Smith, 12.76. Some big numbers. This is good. There's yeah. some good numbers here. Um, I mean, I don't. I understand one seven ten is a fast house, but you still got to put the ball on the head pin to take advantage of it, man. You, that's the only way you're going to get these twelve fifty to thirteen fifties. Look, anytime, anytime you bowl thirteen hundred in a bowling alley, I don't care how fast of a house it is. That's good bowling. That's oh, right. Absolutely. Agreed. It's, it's it's. I don't care. I've I've bowled in I've bowled in fast houses and and gone eleven twenty, and I've bowled in slow houses and gone fourteen hundred. Vice versa, I've gone 1,400 in fast houses. I mean, it's just, it's oh, yeah. the day that you're having. It's the day that you're on. You're right. Absolutely. It's all about that day. Yep. It really is. Uh, Cliff Walker, um, I will give a shout out to him. That is his high 10. Uh, so congratulations. Not only was it his high 10, but he won with it. So yeah, and went exactly. 160 over his average in a big high test tournament. You can't ask for much more than that. Nope. That's solid. Um, I feel bad. I ran into Mark and Matt uh, at Texas Roadhouse on Saturday um, after the tournament. Uh, we, we got talking out in the uh, on the parking lot, and uh, Mark and Matt kind of chuckling. Mark's like, "I don't know what it is about people bowling doubles with me." Um, and then he looks at me, and and I laughed because we bowled uh, state doubles several years ago up in Newport. And Mark went 14 something, like 1420. And I went like 1080. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And we lost. Like, I just, I, again, talk about bowling bad in a fast house, you know? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was funny that, you know, Mark just started laughing. He's like, I, and Matt's laughing too. He goes, he goes, I just, I couldn't do anything. He's like, I, I went 1100 just barely and, and just couldn't. He's like, nothing would work. So, uh, so again, congratulations to Chris and Cliff. Uh, yeah. Congratulations to all the winners. There was some really solid bowling. Um, you know, as I as I laughed when I told Chris, you know, congratulations, you, you got your free pass this year with me not bowling the States. So. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. The guy's got jokes. Uh, good jokes. <laughs> guy's got jokes. He's funny. He's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was no it was good just, scores. Good tournament. Yeah. Good showing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah, I, I, uh, 
1710 is one of my favorite places to bowl. I love that house. Yeah. Very just, comfortable place to bowl. Really yeah. is. Good floors, good pin action there. Nice place, good people. Just quality center to bowling. Speaking of good scores, how did we enjoy Brian Fuller Jr. just destroy those pins oh my on God. Saturday? Like, I don't think he, I I don't think he missed like two shots the whole match. Like he hit every whether it went or not, he hit every shot. Like it was he really did. That first ring, he had a little bit of a rough time with it. He only went yeah. like 13 or something like that. But then after that, I mean, the kid threw 681, and this high game was the last game, the fifth game at 144. Yeah. It was yeah. constant, 35, yeah. 37, yeah. 33. And they, you know, I, I, huge props to, uh, you know, Winchell struggled. Yeah. Um, I, watched a lo- I watched a lot of that match, and and he struggled, and by – Again, when he struggles, it's not that he's throwing 90s, but he, you know, when his ball was hitting the head pin, he wasn't getting that splash action. No, it was a split of Palooza. Every time he hit the pocket, it was split of Palooza. Yeah. Um, But Fuller, geez, he was. Split of Palooza. Yeah. You got jokes, I got words. Yeah. Quirky, quirky split of Palooza. (laughs) Quirky. It's, you know, it's quirky shit. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Like, imagine if Winchell actually would have showed up. Holy smokes! They'd have crushed them by like 150 pins. It was a, it was a good match. I mean, yeah, they was. just uh, it it was fun. It was close. Um, I mean, it. I I I'm not gonna say I feel feel bad for Baker and McKinley, um, but I felt I felt bad because we've all been in that situation, down 25 or 30, going into the last five boxes. Knowing you have to go big against a guy the, who's been big all day, and and going, right, a guy who's having his best game of the day right now. Yeah, he, yeah. Goes 110 half right now. A day. And by going big, I mean, I is it a different story if Baker comes out and goes, you know, like spare strike in the sixth and seventh or strike spare? Does the pucker factor get a little bigger for you know Fuller? Maybe, right? Maybe, you know, but he's a solid look. He, he's a he's an anchor bowler. Yeah. He's been there. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. I will never for the life of me figure out how he bowls the way he bowls. Yeah. And does so well. <laughs> it just yeah. he yeah. is so damn good. Yeah. He really he I, I people don't realize just how good of a bowler he is. Oh, I yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. 100%. You know, he grew up bowling here. Before it was Riverwalk, obviously, yes. it used to be called yep. Lafayette Lanes. Yep. And this place had the reputation of being one of the hardest bowling alleys in creation to bowl in. Uh, it's got wide pits. It was built back in the 40s by Brunswick. They built it to 10-pin specifications. The lanes are wider here. The gutters are wider here. That slower ball with a little bit of spin works very, very well here to keep wood on the deck, carry your corner pins. And... That's where he grew up. He has a high single here at 224. Yeah, I was. When it was Lafayette, when it was Stone Palace City here. So, kid can throw the ball. It doesn't matter where he goes. That ball works almost everywhere. Yeah, and that's what, look, that's what I, that's what I mean. I've had people look at me and go, man, you shit on Fuller. It's like, no, I, he, he is fucking good. When you think of your best 
bowlers. They typically throw harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They typically don't put as much. I'm not going to say rotation on the ball because they throw harder. The rotation doesn't break as much. They have the spin on the ball. Yeah. But it well, doesn't break as guys, much. Guys throw it harder through the break. There's more yeah. speed than there is curve. Yeah. But you just watch him and he is just so damn steady. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, and he doesn't get phased. No. That's well, that's because that's that's I don't think there's much up there, but still. <laughs> <laughs> he, can't, he can't think and bolt at the same time. I think, I think this is what he's mastering. It's all, it's, it's all good. <laughs> oh, God. He doesn't yeah. talk a lot. Even when we're bowling the Friday Pro League, like he's on my team. He's the anchor man on my team. He don't talk a lot. He'll, he'll cheer. He'll be loud oh, when sure. the boys cheer him. But sure. He doesn't talk too much. He doesn't analyze his bowling. He just kind of goes up there and just robots the ball. It's yeah. just one after another after another. Very little emotion, unless he's bowling bad. Then, yeah. you know, beware of your ball return. But at the same point, <laughs> at the same point, no, nah, the kid's just a robot when he's on the lanes. But that's, but you know what, though? That, that's what, to me, that's what makes him such a good anchor bowler. I agree. Yeah. Because things don't bother him. No. You know what I mean? He 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 has, and, and I've always said, as an anchor bowler, you have to have a very short memory. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. 100%. Literally, literally until the next set of 10 pins come down. Then you need to forget what just happened. Yeah. Good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter. No. And he, he does that very well. And again, because he is so consistent, because he is so accurate, and he is. Yeah. That's what, again, that's what makes him, again, to me, is is one of the best anchor bowlers out there. Probably, for sure. I'm not going to yeah. say he is the best, but, I mean, he definitely is one of the best. To be, to be honest, uh, there's, prob- there's a lot of bowlers that are better, but anchor bowlers, no, I'd probably put him, like, top five I'd easily. put my cash on him against any of the other 11 anchor bowlers in the Friday Night Pro League. I'd put my cash on Fuller. Hey, Fuller, we need a mock and a 10 box after it. Mock Big Phil in a 10. I'm putting my cash on Fuller to get that mock right now. Probably. Because, again, because he can literally, he forgets about, I'm not going to say he forgets about it, but he's able to put the past in the past. Yeah. He doesn't dwell on what's happened the previous eight boxes. No. And that's, that's, Charlie Milan told me a long time ago, he goes, he goes, your best bowler, he goes, he's always looked at, setting up his teams very rarely is the best bowler going last. Right. No, your most clutch guy yes. goes last. It there's, doesn't necessarily mean your best bowler is your anchor. That's two different things. And ask right. Holbrook. Holbrook will tell you that they did they didn't have Tommy bowl Tommy also they didn't have him bowl anchor a lot. They had, you know, I can't remember who it was back then, but it wasn't that Tommy wasn't a good clutch bowler, but there was someone that was always just in the clutch, just a little bit better. Tommy was a better bowler overall. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can admit that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's no different. Again, that's what just makes Fuller what he is. Yeah. From, from an anchor standpoint. Um, all right. I love him, but we got to stop talking about him because this is all I'm ever going to hear about on Friday nights. Oh, can you guys talk about me some more? No. <laughs> 
Well, Hold we, on, we, I love you. I love you, brother. But we got to move the show along a well, little. Well, we're not, we we can't talk about daily either because I mean, oh, if God, his head no. gets if his head gets any bigger. Who's daily? Oh my God! Uh, some Josh Daly kid. According to some people, I know what's happening. I don't know what Josh did. He's the next. Uh, he he's the next Peter Flynn. I know who Peter Flynn is. I Josh. I I he, can I say this to the people that are listening? Stop calling people the next so and so. Let <laughs> them be the next person they are. Period. End of yeah. story. Let I just Josh heard a Daly massive roar from the bar. I think something good just happened in the Sox game. Sorry. Yeah, guys. they just had a single. Just hit let, a single. In the bottom of the ninth, nobody out. Let I'll Josh keep, Daly I'll, be yeah. the next Josh Daly. <laughs> Instead of the next Peter Flynn, you know what I mean. Let let Michael McGinty be the next Michael McGinty, and not, I don't, I, you know, whatever. Tommy Olstead, uh, Craig, whatever. Ashline, I've heard him compared Ashline quite yeah. a bit. I've heard Mike McGinty compared to Ashline a lot. Why can't we just let him be who they are? Yeah, you know what I mean. Agree. Oh, for sure. I just you, you're putting pressure on kids. And yes, I'm calling them kids. Yes, I know they're adults. But holy shit, I'm 50 years old. My no, kids are older than them. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that's my small little rant for the day. They're both great bowlers. They've got a really long Grant future in this game. Really long future in this game, as long as they keep their heads in it. Fact. Fact. And both of them better have been listening to this show. <laughs> oh, they will. Oh, they do. We'll, we'll I, hear it I tomorrow. Know. We'll hear it tomorrow from both of them. So I've got a couple of lock letters. Nice. And I'm not singing lock letters. Lock oh, okay. letters. I'll, let, I'll, I'll do it for you. you. Yeah. Um, the first one I mentioned to you guys before uh, before we went on air, just so you could have a moment to really think about it. Um, and that is, uh, we all know that um, having a little bit of speed on the ball is going to help you 95% of the time. Yeah. Very few people don't throw it at least 30 plus mile per hour from the from the men's side of the game. Okay. Right. I'm right. Like, talking the men's side of the game. There's only a small handful of people I can think of right off the top of my head that threw a slower ball that were great bowlers. Yeah. Okay. Russ Neely. Um Fuller. Fuller doesn't throw a hard ball. Carrington never threw the ball hard compared to many of the other guys. Well, comparatively speaking, but he still threw it over, you know, he still threw it over 30 plus miles an hour. Well, I think most, I think most men throw over. I don't know if you can find a man who throws less than 30. Well, I know someone like on a regular basis. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is, is so that was one thing like Mark Carrier, myself, Matt Huff were talking about. Matt was telling me, he only throws a ball around 30 miles per hour. Yeah. So that's what I'm basing it on is how, because I've seen him bowl. I've bowled against him. So I'm thinking of his speed of the ball. Right. Okay. Fuller has got to be around that. I don't think he throws it harder than that. I think it's around that. Russ Neely, back in the day, probably threw it around that. Yeah. All right. Um, Mark and I are probably around the same. Um, I'm up in around that 34, 35 mile per hour range. 31, 32. Last time I was at a place that had a speed gun. Okay. So a little less than me and Calvin, you've got to be 36, 37 or 40. Mine don't register. 
So okay, the, so you so I, I would definitely say you throw it over thirty five. Definitely. Uh, yeah. See, well, no, because typically at forty is when it stops registering. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is forty it stops? So yeah, up there in the forties. Okay, so my question is, or the person that asked me this is, how do you increase your speed, but not decrease your accuracy? Okay, you don't have any muscles, by the way. <laughs> no, no, but I think Calvin's right. I think anytime, that comes anytime down to... Anytime you want to go, Tim, I can take you. <laughs> you want to bet? Yes, I do. <laughs> in what? In what? Arm Any, wrestling? Yeah. I could I'd be destroy arm wrestling. I'd destroy it. <laughs> we'll find no, out next time we see you. I've got T-Rex arms, dude. They're, they're short and... <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> I think you're right, though, Calvin. Very I don't strong forearms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that you can... <laughs> On purpose, throw it harder. No. Did I I just miss a joke in there somewhere? I think I did. Yeah, I figured out. I was trying to be all podcasty about this, and I fucked it up. No, I think Calvin's right, though. I I think it has to do with your own fitness and your own level of strength in your body. Because we all know the minute you try to hike up and on purpose throw it harder than normal, that's the instant that you lose the accuracy. I I can't on purpose throw it harder at a piece of wood just to hit a certain spot on it. I still have to throw the same ball. The minute I try to hike up and throw it harder is guarantee you the second I'm going to miss it. Yeah. So if you're going to throw it harder, one would think that you'd want to get your butt to the gym, work out the biceps, get the legs a little stronger to be able to walk a little faster and actually just increase your overall mass getting to the lane instead of on purpose increasing your arm speed. Yeah. And I've actually, and I know we've talked about this and I've, and I've, I noticed it the last time. I mean, we didn't do it the last time we went to Kingswood, but Kingswood, their automated scoring actually has you like ball per speed and everything like that, like ball speed. And actually on the spare balls, everybody is slower. They slow their ball down. They don't throw the ball as hard their first ball as they do their first ball, which is interesting because you're obviously taking some off to aim to where yeah. you're going to throw instead of actually just throwing the ball. So it's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, I and the way I answered it was was kind of similar to that. Calvin was number one. I would never de- I would never look at decreasing your accuracy because I think Kendleton Bowling is is really more about your accuracy. Oh, absolutely. Than anything. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So what I told them, and again, the, the person that was asking is around a ninety-five <laughs> to hundred average. Um, fairly new to the game, meaning within the last like three or four years. Um, and they they desperately want to get better. So they're, oh, you know, the first thing I said, yeah. well, that's the first thing I said yeah. was, was don't be afraid of, the, of going into practice. Um, and I know I make fun or make, I'm not going to say make fun. I know I joke about practicing um, yeah. because I don't, or rarely do I practice. Yeah. But I practiced a shit ton when I was in my teens and my 20s. Put a oh, lot no. of time. Oh, bad throw. First and third, one out. Calvin, you know I'm like 30 seconds behind you here. I know. That's why I'm keeping Marky up to date. Actually, I'm still at the bowling alley, and I can hear the people in the bar. There's like 50 people in the bar over here watching the game. And right as you said that, I just heard 50 people go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, I would say this. Speed is important in the game of Candleton Bowling for bigger scores yes for 
for consistently bigger scores. And, and it's not and it's and it's not to be sexist, but you can see the difference in the women and the men. You can see the fact that the men, for the most part, average higher than the women. Right. And it's mostly only because they throw harder. I, I completely agree. You get pins splashing a little bit harder. You know, eight drops break up into nine drops or strikes. I firmly believe that to a certain extent, speed has a little bit of an advantage, but there is a tipping point on the graph yes. where the minute you go too far, now you have begun to sacrifice accuracy for speed. There yeah. is that line where eventually they meet, but then when you start going past that line, you've sacrificed accuracy for higher speed. And that line is as individual for everybody as the individual throwing the ball. So not to change the subject, but that, does anyone know what Alex Cora is arguing about here? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to kind of think and listen to that myself, but I have no idea. He's arguing about something. He was. Oh, oh it's because he went he went to second and there was no timeout called. So they he was he wanted him to go to second. Oh, he called timeout. Yeah, I thought so too. But yeah, anyways, the umpire the umpire called timeout. Yeah. Anyway, so Marky, you're right. I absolutely right. There is that tipping point. Yeah. Where too much speed, and now all of a sudden you're bro- you're blowing shit back. Right. And yeah. you're I find really when you throw too much. You're punching a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Unless you see a lot hits. of the hard a lot of the hard throwers like Daly and stuff like that. They punch a lot. Right. They get they get the slash if they get it in a pocket, but but it's their not margin of error is far yeah. smaller. Yeah. Far yeah. smaller. Yeah. They they also like. And this is going to lead into the second question, which was with the same person we were talking about. So he was watching, he was watching me bowl and he was commenting on the amount of spin I put on the ball. Yes. And he was like, I didn't realize how much spin you put on the ball. And I said, I've always put a lot of spin on it. That's why I throw it a little bit harder than some, because I don't want it to break as much. Right. So I throw it, try to throw it through the break. My ball is going to break right to left a little bit. Yep. It's going to because of the way it leaves my hand and the way it comes out and, you know, that rotation on the ball. Um, what what he was asking was, does spin really matter? Yes. Yeah. I, think a, I think a little yes. bit. I think a little bit. And that's kind of, so let me ask you this then. Is it, does it matter more the harder you throw the ball? Or does it matter more the lighter you throw the ball? I think it would all depend. And granted, you never know, but it all depends on your control. Because there's a lot of guys who throw the ball slow with spin, but have no control. If they had control over that ball, it'd be explosive. Like you look at like Brian Fuller. Oh, he just crushed it. Game over. Sorry, folks. We got a yeah. timeout here. Yeah, game over. He crushed it deep. Yeah, oh my god. I can see the reflection in your window, Calvin. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Oh it wasn't it wasn't a three run walk off it, but it was, oh, a, yes. it was a pop-out walk-off. Yes! Suck it, yeah. Tampa. <laughs> and ESPN analysis that also the Red Sox had no shot. Pound sand until ah. you beat glass. Yeah. So yeah, so anyway. Anyway, that, okay. Yeah. So yes, I, like example, you look at Fuller, who throws the ball slow but has a whole bunch of spin because he has a whole bunch of control over it. If yes. you throw and you look at um, Tony LeBlanc, Tony LeBlanc threw the ball like twelve miles an hour, but well, he had so <coughs> much control over it. 
But that, Tony threw it harder when he was younger. When he yeah. was averaging one, like the year he averaged, I think it was 137 or something like that. He tied for high average in the Worlds. It was like 137 and 138. Yeah, 137.5. At the old, at the old, 93. At the old, at the old Hanwells. Yeah, when they won. Um, he threw it fairly hard. He still had control. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't as fast as, you know, an Ashline or, you know, uh, Atkins or Olsta, because Olsta threw it hard and people didn't yeah. realize how hard he threw. Right. Uh, but he still threw it hard enough. But he put a lot of spin on the ball. Right. So I don't know. I So, Maki, you throw it with a left to right back a backup spin right yes yeah i have that little little back spin at the end that comes yeah. off my hand opposite of most righties and calvin you throw just the you throw like similar to me right right to left no i throw no. Like you back up throw left to right back spin you yeah. do okay yeah. yes we we throw it from different angles he throws in from the right side of the lane and you kind of throw it out at the two pin and it kind of comes back right um depends on well yes and no i more walk towards the center from the left oh no that's true long time ago i think i remember seeing you when you used to bowl you start on the right side of the lane a lot yes i used but that was back 2011 my first uh, my first 20 stringer because that's when i changed it i changed it at the 20 string break of the 20 stringer or the 10 string break sorry of the 20 stringer and then went 142 or 143 my back half going left to right yeah that's (laughs) why i come in like left side of the head pin dot kind of throw it straight up at the two pin and let it just break that little way so let me ask you guys this does it matter if it's a backup ball so that left to right spin or right to left spin does it matter or does it is it really as long as you have some spin on the ball to get some action on the pins. I, I don't think it matters. I, 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 I do find, cause we had this, we had this uh, conversation when I switched my style. I find when you go left to right, your arm is more going straight at the pins. Whereas if you're going right to left, you're crossing over your body to get your ball over i don't cross i don't cross over your arm crosses over your body yes and you it's a natural oh okay you're talking i mean when you let go of the ball your your arm crosses over the body after i'm after i've released it right whereas ours is always ours is always straight out because our body is this way okay back spinners like us with guys that backspin like calvin and i do it's mostly all in the fingers with us. Yeah. You know, fingers and like a little bit of the wrist that helps that back flip. But yeah. in the end, he's right. Our arm ends up coming up straight up to 12 o'clock. But it's like our wrist and our fingers that get all the most of the job done. Yeah. Um, I do find that I get different breaks if I come in from the left side or like on the on the first ball. If I come in from left of the head pin and it's driving through pins in the one two pocket. Yeah. Or if I come in from the right side, sometimes, like if my left's not work, if I'm punching, punching, I'll move over to the right side of the head pin dot. 
and come okay. in from the right side. And then I find very different breaks. And I firmly believe that's the ball is hitting the pins with X spin. So even if the ball, your spin decides where the pin goes after the ball hits it. If you're coming in with right to left, well, there's a natural tendency of the ball to push the pin more the way the ball is spinning, not just straight back. That spin is going to give extra action to the pins. You hear people say, put some action on it. I put some action on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's that extra spin that allows the pin to cut over a little bit more, like in a spread eagle shot or a two and one or something to that effect. You know, right. based on my spin, I try to hit different splits a little different because I know that if I'm looking at, you know, me backspinning the ball and I'm looking down the lane and I see a two and one where the two's on the left side, more often than not, I got to be much lighter on that cut because my ball is spinning into the pin. I have a higher tendency of pushing it straight back into the pit. Yeah. So more times than not, I'll try to go outside on that shot and kick it off the wall to get it back. Because with that backspin, there's more that will keep that pin on the lane because it's not driving it in. It's now spinning away from it. So there's a higher tendency that you can kick it to the side and hopefully have it come back a little bit. That's right. why, like for me, because I have that right to left spin, if I'm looking at a cut shot, like a three and two, but the three is on the left, my confidence is much higher about making that because my ball is spinning right to left. So it's spinning away from that pin, right. which kicks it. It has more of a tendency to push it instead yes. of driving it. You know, yeah. you yeah. get that little extra that could end up being. And in this mill this game of millimeters, basically, it's not even inches in this game. It's a game yeah. of millimeters. Yeah. Every little bit that you can help your cut shot, especially a big cut shot counts. And yeah. I firmly so, believe that at the highest level, spin has to be factored in along with speed and accuracy. Yeah, and, and I'm a little different because uh, because I was so used to going right to left, I actually change and go right to left when I'm shooting at different angles of the spread eagle. Mm -hmm. I don't, so I don't you, can, you, you control your hand yeah, basically I, I make, to go either this way or... Go either way, yeah. Okay. Oh, see, I can't do that. I cannot I've, I've, go. I've tried to left. undercut it. I yeah. seriously have. But yeah. I've been bowling the same way for 40 plus years. Right. I, I'm, at, I'm too old now to really yeah. change. Yeah. Uh, so for me, like we're talking about increasing your speed. When I have to increase my speed, it's my legs where I increase my speed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I charge and the line just a little bit faster, which gives my ball that extra half a you know half a mile per hour an extra mile per hour um i don't have the ability obviously when i have t-rex arms you know i don't have that big ability to have a big backswing uh you know a josh daly which is coming way up here uh that's gonna you know, start to hurt someday kid that yeah, backswing yeah. is gonna start to hurt that, someday that rotator talk, hurts real talk, bad <laughs> talk to norcross about it i mean yeah, yeah. he lived it um so Interesting. A lot of factors go into spin, yeah. speed, oh, yeah. accuracy. There's yeah. so many factors, and they're yeah. all as well, individual as can, the person. Can, candle pin bowling is a very complex. There's no perfect. No, there's no, there's there's no, no nobody answer. Nobody throws the same ball. Not one person throws the exact same yeah. ball from the other. So there's my no. My best advice. My best advice to your buddy that asked you those questions is literally just tip the scales as far as you can until it gets uncomfortable, and then go back a step, and you found how fast you can throw it. Yeah. And then try yeah. play with spin when you get to the point where you're like going or, you know, when it's going too abnormal, 
you've reached the tipping point back up a little tiny bit off of it and yeah. find your own little way to go yeah um we we've kind of gone over calvin but you had a couple of tournaments oh yeah i can get those up so let's uh <laughs> Uh, uh, as, as you're pulling that up, I will let people know that uh, this weekend uh, is the Pro Series singles down in, is it Wittensville? Whitensville? Whitensville. Whitensville. Whitensville uh, spare time. In Whitensville. Nice place. Uh, quality establishment down there. Sunday Europe. morning at a first shift at 11, second shift at 2. Um, I would imagine right around 5 ish uh, will be the uh, knockout round. We'll start. Uh, Hopefully, because I'm bowling it too, and hopefully I make it uh, into the knockout rounds, and I hopefully have a late night, which means that I made it far. Uh, <laughs> Best of luck with that one, brother. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. That's a long ass ride for me. It's four and a, really? four and a half hours. So that's a yeah. long ass ride for me, for God's sakes. And I look two hours. I got two hour head start on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's this weekend. Um, other than that, I, there's really I don't know about any real major tournaments between now and the worlds other than the pro series singles. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no outrun the bear. There's nothing like that. I think there's, Oh, Lita lanes. I'm sorry. Uh, Lexi and uh, uh, Matt, and uh, they're putting on uh, a tournament. I don't know if it's Halloween. It's around. I think it's, it's that around. Weekend. It's that weekend. I think uh, so. Okay. Check it out. It's a pretty cool concept. I don't have. I I don't have it. Yeah. I don't have it up to see. Um, but go on Candlepin Chat, uh, search for Lita Lanes, and they have the information on there. There is room available. It's a handicapped event, but it's a pretty cool concept. If I remember correctly, I just wished I knew right off the top of my head. We'll talk more about it next week. I'll have some information on that, but uh, yep. I do know they have that coming up. So, Calvin, what do you got? Um, we have mostly Nova Scotia. Um, this weekend is the second annual Robert Borden Memorial Tournament, uh, mixed tournament. Uh, they've got 10 people signed, 10 teams signed up. 10 people, 10 teams. I was going to say 10 team. people. Yeah. yeah, right. It's a mis mixed teams, three men, two women. You can have any sort of whatever you want, as long as there's three men, two women. Um, they're looking, obviously, for six more because they want to fill the place, but that doesn't probably not going to happen because it's this weekend um, and New Brunswickers don't seem to want to go anymore because of the whole COVID thing, which is really kind of putting a damper on the bowling season in Canada. But um, yeah, so need to be vaccinated, need to have your proof of vaccination and they're allowing spectators now. So, cause during the COVID stuff, they weren't allowed, but they are as long as you have your proof of vaccination. So that's this weekend. Uh, the next weekend, uh, the weekend after, I should say, uh, we have a couple tournaments in Nova Scotia. The men's 580. So they have a men's 580 tournament where you're obviously your top five averages can't be more than 580. That is in Muscadabit. Uh, you can contact Unbelievable Lanes uh, to sign up or Ronnie Pone if you have him on Facebook or anything like that. So you can sign up there. And then the ladies have their 10th annual Windsor ladies open tournament, which is the Saturday as well. The 23rd, um, you can contact, uh, Sarah Kenny, I believe they are the ones hosting this year. 
Um, it's up on the Nova Scotia Candlepin Tournament. You can sign up there. And then we have our once a month King of the Hill. Tim, stop commenting on my post. I'm going <laughs> to kick you once you comment. Um, <laughs> I didn't comment. I just yeah. liked it. Oh, okay, sure. Um, Corey's uh, once a month King of the Hill. He is. Uh, we have a new date confirmed, and that is uh, next, not this weekend coming, but the weekend after that, the 24. Uh, so sign up with him, and yeah, that's about it here in Canada land. Sounds good. Damn. Yeah. Bad. I'm going to take two minutes. I'm going to plug King yep, of the River was, here real quick. So I was just, just going to have you uh, have you do that, buddy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, every Sunday morning, 930, here at Riverwalk Lanes in Amesbury, we do a tournament, King of the River, 100% handicap. Uh, just need a league average or anything to that effect. Uh, you win the day. We have a points chase for the whole season. We have a King of Kings or a Queen of Queens, depending on how many people make it. We take the top 16 point getters through the season. You earn points based on how well you bowl through the year. Uh, we take top 16. It's a free money tournament. Um, every Sunday morning, you can come and have your chance to bowl the king or queen from last week and take the championship belt for yourself for the week. Uh, king right now is Lane Britton four weeks in a row. He's That's been the king. Say. Um, oh, there's the hots. Absolutely, man. It's been fantastic <laughs> watching my buddy bowl good. Um, there's a little caveat. If you win the kingship five weeks in a row, then you're automatically qualified into the King of Kings tournament. You don't have to worry about points anymore. You're automatically in. So he only has to win one more time and he's in. And then we take five qualifiers and, you know, come up with a new king or queen for that day. And we keep moving forward. Cash prizes every week, $30 to bowl. There's side pools and things like that on the side. So if you got nothing to do, hey, listen, it's Sunday morning. I'd rather be sleeping too, but all these knuckleheads keep coming down and wanting to come bowling. So, hey, come bowl with them. Come throw some balls. Come steal the belt away from Britain. I'm tired of seeing it. And I know his wife so badly wants that belt out of his house. So please, come down here. Take a piece out of him. I know he's going to be ready for anybody that comes in and trying to beat him, but come take a piece of him home. Sunday mornings, 9.30 in the morning here at Riverwalk in Amesbury. If you need any directions, hit me up. Hit up the Facebook page. Uh, we do have a limit of 24 bowlers every Sunday morning. I only have eight lanes, and we go three to a lane. We did four to a lane one time, and we were here bowling for four hours. It was crazy. So we limit it to the first 24 people that come in and sign up and pay. But, yeah, see you Sunday mornings. Come on down. Kick somebody's ass. Take some money. Nice. Yep. Well, folks, once again, Thank you. Thank you, folks, for uh, making us the or allowing us to be in your homes and to be in your ears. Uh, I'm yeah. going to try to take I'm trying to take the the role of Brian, the soothing, soothing dulcet tones of the Brian Atherin. NPR time and NPR yeah. uh, folks. We need your questions. We need your comments. Please get them to ripping the rack podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and uh, Twitter, uh, kinda on uh, on Instagram, kinda. Marky and I don't really do a good job of. I, I suck of that. at posting. Yeah, we online things. We, I completely we, suck at it. Kind of suck at that. Uh, ripping the rack podcast. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Anchor Breaker. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes. You can find us on where the hell else? Google Podcasts. Um, you can find us all over the place. Uh, so please give us a try. Give us a shout out. Mackie's doing something. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's got something in his mind. 
I'm gonna try to do better on Instagram. Oh, he's oh, gonna take so a picture. Ah. <laughs> uh, so again, thank you all for uh, listening, watching, commenting, being a part of the show. We appreciate it. Uh, ha- Smile, hi. boys. Hey. There uh, we go. Other than that, I'd say catch us on Fridays, but we we're still taking a break on Fridays. Uh, you can catch Marky and Brian out on Sunday nights on uh, twitch.tv uh, slash Johnny Death Drop on their Dudes Belts chat cast where they talk everything Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling. Give them a listen. Sunday nights, 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain. Uh, other than that, hope you guys have a great week, and we will uh, be in touch soon.